Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama future cast. Yes, we have journeyed into the distant year of 2027. And the way that Riverdale has dealt with this is by making Riverdale take place in all times and no times, just like they have in the past. This episode has really leaned on their anachronism. Like, they've always had a little bit of anachronism. My god, this episode especially. It's like every character in this show lives in a different <laughs> decade. <laughs> a different decade. I did see a um an article someone wrote on on like what year does Riverdale take place in? And here's the thing, we know the answer because they say in Riverdale that, that the, last season was 2020. Yeah, they're the class of 2020. We know that's the case. So we know it takes place in 2027. So, so I know that article is just really going to be this a huge windup of them being like, when watching Riverdale, you might see things like uh, people using, you know, typewriters and cell phones in the same scene. Yeah, so I bet this is going to ex- describe what purposeful anachronism is. And you know what? Riverdale takes place in all times and no times, and I'm yeah. starting to slowly accept that. <laughs> I I don't know if I've ever I'm I don't have a huge problem with a purposeful anachronism. I like drawing it out sometimes because it's hilarious. Like the boy who took the photo with the <laughs> with old the fashioned film camera. film camera to put onto an online blog. I just wish they had never said a year. Like just don't give. Mm. But you know what? Riverdale also is a place that has Lacey's and the Five Seasons and so many other grindum. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with their purposeful anchors because they are purposeful about it. It's it's not an accident that <laughs> that they these have a film are. camera. Yeah. Uh, but this episode goes into a lot harder, as we have repeatedly said. This really is the season five premiere, so you know, kind of take it like imagine that we didn't just watch what we watched last week. This is now a summer later, six months in the future. Kevin, what is your spoiler-free thoughts of this episode? Uh, oh. <laughs> Man, I I had real high hopes going into it. I was it. actually really excited. I was like, you know what? Maybe they'll get away from the, the teen thing. We've agreed there has never been a show that has hated the age of its characters more than Riverdale. Riverdale did not want them to be teenagers. So it just kept making them do... Adult things. Adult things. And I'm like, okay, if we don't have that level of criticism anymore, maybe it'll be... <laughs> Good. What will we have to talk about? Uh, It is a divisive episode i think is the online parlance oh there are people who liked this episode well i mean i i I think the thing is whenever anything comes out and there's a lot of negative stuff the the kind uh reviewers always have to say divisive did i spoil my opinion of this episode it's not it's 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 not a great episode honestly i don't know what they're doing and i don't know why and the only thing i like is the fact that they wrote (laughs) vanessa morgan's real life pregnancy into the show oh, instead yeah. of putting her behind a plant. That's true. And maybe Tony will not be a plot, potted plant this season. <laughs> Potentially. But I'm Kevin will be. Um yeah, the this episode is so much of a setup episode. It's so much of a setup for everything for everything to come that there's no meat to it. Well, I just don't understand why they set all this stuff up. Because if I know Riverdale, they're going to drop 98% of it. <laughs> yeah. And then some of it, like that girlfriend of Jughead's, will show up in Riverdale mid-season, maybe. I I, I gave her, and we'll get into her, I, I gave her a 50-50 shot on if she appears again. She could be gone. She could come back. It's unknowable. It's unknowable. Uh, 
But we'll have to see what the rest of the stuff is as we get into it, because this is Riverdale, Season 5, Episode 4, Purgatorio. Purgatorio. This episode does not start with a Jughead Jones voiceover. I almost hope they're dropping that, because they do imply later that everything beforehand was just a book he wrote. So I hope now we're past the book. But let me tell you, he's got to write a second book. He does have to write a second book. Um, no, we started with something that I actually quite enjoyed in the moment. Okay, so people were like having feels about this scene when they just saw previews of this scene. Which, I mean, they should have been logical. So we begin with, like, Archie uh, doing, like, like doing the football captain, because, you know, he was a captain in his... But he was not the captain. Reggie was the captain. All right. But he, he's the captain now. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's doing the talk, and he's talking to his, at his football team. He's being very hyped and very vague. But also, there's an army man standing behind him. A World War II army man. Who will after 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 <laughs> after Archie does his football hype up, then the army man will step in and do his army clarifications. And then we cut to a football field, but it's also a World War II battlefield. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm actually cool about this because it's drawing the like, oh, Archie's background as a football player and being part of a team and how that ties into like war. And, and it's, it's who Archie was with who he is now. And the moment it dropped for me was when he looked over at the cheerleaders and the cheerleader he focused on was Cheryl. Not Veronica. You Veronica know, isn't a cheerleader. Even She is a cheerleader. Well, no, no, she's just, she's just saying... If I know, he, but she should be a cheerleader. No, no, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. she, she's not in the scene as a cheerleader. He looks over and sees Cheryl. And, and Cheryl, like, like, nods at him, like, hey, good warring. Yeah, she she has, like, this look at, like, like oh, I am concerned but proud. And and that's... Looking at her is what make Arch, makes Archie stand up. Later, he'll even, like, mention her. I'm like, Archie, you don't care about Cheryl. <laughs> you haven't talked to her in years, but apparently, I, sorry, in the even in the last episode, like he like in his last couple of years of high school, he didn't talk to Cheryl. Well, I mean, she stalked him and tried to make him replace her brother. So, what was he to do? Yeah, it's like I got to cut off ties from this woman. But anyway, he is inspired by this staring to go and save one of his war buddies, Jughead. Yeah, I was gonna say who is Jughead? Yep, Reggie was killed. Yes, Reggie was killed because <laughs> Reggie was, was on the football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like trying to carry Jughead through the. The it's sort of getting a little bit mixed up here. Is red? It's Jughead. The ball is. <laughs> what's and going on? Then this war football game. It, it's a nightmare. The sound nightmares are good job nightmare. Yeah. Then Hiram's there with his gun, with a gun, <laughs> ready to shoot Jug- Archie as he always is. Yeah, which. Which, weirdly enough, I kind of thought Archie and Hiram, like, like kind of gotten... I guess it did no, end No, it got Hiram. destroyed by him saying, I will kill you for oh. you stepped out on my daughter with right. her best friend. I, I forgot about the that thing. That was his last so, talk with Hiram. Archie did leave town with, a, as far as he knows, a mafioso being like, I'm gonna kill you. Actually, that wasn't his last, his last time seeing Hiram. He was there when they went to Hiram's place and Hiram made <laughs> Kevin Keller... Not Kevin Keller. Oh, um, Sheriff Keller, the sheriff, sheriff again. Sheriff Keller, the sheriff again. And Archie was just standing there. Stare. I didn't even think of how <laughs> awkward that scene is. And Archie's like, 
oh my god, you said you're gonna kill me. You look more beaten up now than you were last. Did I beat you up? I don't remember, Hiram. Oh my god, did I sleep beat you up? Hiram, this seems like something I would do. I gotta get out of this I'm town. I'm so strong, Hiram. I'm so strong. I'm so sorry. So, yeah. So he's, he's Hiram's there. It's only Archie wakes up. And we get some facts thrown at us. He's in the hospital. This is a VA hospital. Yep. Because he was in the army. <laughs> and, and now he has been injured in combat and is back in town. And it's like a 1940s, 1960s VA hospital. And the like, beds are like that old, those old like, like steel frame. Like the white frame. ones with like the thing, the bars. Yeah. Very, very, very anachronistic. Um, but Archie, so Archie's a sergeant now. It's seven years on. Good for him. He, we're we're never going to get clarified what this in what put him in the hospital, which I'm actually kind of fine with. We get a lot of hints there. We see he has an injured buddy. We'll never know what war this is. Yeah, and that's okay. I choose to believe it's World War Two. <laughs> yeah, he, he in 2020 he went back in time to World War Two, or in this alternate world there was only one World War, which is the one that happened in 1945. But also, it's happening again now. This is a different, <laughs> same key people. Hitler is in this war. This is World War Two Two <laughs> Redux. Hitler number two. <laughs> Hitler the second. This is world. This is uh, World War Two point five Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> Where Archie is going to have to collect the princesses of heart. Uh, so his <laughs> corporal or yeah. whatever this, I don't know. Army it's not terms. corporal. It, it's his commanding officer. His commanding officer informs him that he is being essentially honorably discharged. Like, yeah. buddy, you've been actively in <laughs> duty for seven years and that's too long. Well, especially considering how Archie, his original plan was to go to the war, get prepared for college and then go to college. That so. didn't happen. And Archie just refuses to leave the war, so they're like, the only thing we can do is send you back to Riverdale and make you run the ROTC. Yeah, well, yeah, essentially, apparently the ROTC has been inactive. Uh, Shocking. Well, I mean... After everyone who was a part of it got (laughs) sent to jail because Moose's dad was a fake Black Hood. I think, was that before... Yes, yes, that was after the whole, where the ROTC essentially took over the school at Hiram's behest. That was after that. Yes, after Moose's dad used it for his own vendetta. Yeah, so this guy, so the commanding officer is like, like, no, you're, we're, you're, you're actually going to go and you're going to start the ROTC back to your hometown of Riverdale because I've been looking at your file, blah blah blah. That's an order. Go. Get out of here. And Archie's like, but instead, how about I read to my injured buddy? Yeah, he, yeah, he he has his own his own lieutenant Dan. Um, uh, a man called Corporal Jackson who has lost a leg, probably in the same incident that put Archie unharmed in the hospital. But Archie was there for a long time, it seems. Well. Who knows? Who knows? He he, he was out of it, and Ar- Ar- Archie feels bad about this. He's got a lot of survivor guilt. He feels bad because he also references the fact that other people did not survive whatever it was that put them in the hospital. I'm just going to sidestep this. Yeah. Archie is the wrong person to be in the army because Archie <laughs> will take everyone's death extremely personally. Yeah, no, he's not a he. He probably ain't great as a commanding officer because <laughs> he believes that you know if some guy like trips and like you know sprains a wrist, Archie's like, I should have seen that rock. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't tell you guys to clean up camp better. I should be dishonorably discharged. No, he's he's fine. Like he he just he scraped his, his ankle. <laughs> he scraped his knee, but he's. He's cool, dude. No, I failed him. <laughs> Put me in jail. What? <laughs> what? 
I'm a bad man. Once I didn't stand up to a guy who was going to shoot my dad. I was 16. Put me in jail. So Uh, Jackson knows how to handle Archie, which is to joke with him. Yeah. Jackson is, let's be clear. Jackson's a setup. Archie literally gives him, like, his the address to the town on a card. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Riverdale. Yeah, it's just a card that says Riverdale on it. And Jackson's like, hmm, Riverdale. Well, maybe I'll look you up. I'm like, okay, we're going to see Jackson again. Moving on. So Archie uh, takes the bus. Um, he gets off at what I've just begun to call the distant bus stop. Yeah, the same one he left at. The same one he left at. And he walks past that Welcome to Riverdale <laughs> sign, but this he, time it looks dirty. He also got off e- an even older bus than he left on. Yeah. This, this, this is an ancient bus. I told you, his war is World War II. And so he immediately goes to Pop Tate's, and somehow without seeing the rest of the town, because he will go on a tour later, and he has no idea. He somehow goes, like, he puts blinders on as he walks through this town. Well, I mean, we have to guess Pop Town is on, Pop Tate's is at the edge of town, because I didn't realize this, but we're supposed to realize that Pop Tate's is full of truckers. Yeah, there's a lot of not great showing. Um, so he'll get there, and there's, you know what? I said not great showing. This is pretty good here. He walks in and immediately there's no familiar servers. He sees serpents who just are other serpents who are just kind of chilling. Yeah, like like they, they're they're none he recognizes. And I think they did this to set up like, oh, everything is different and yet it's the same. Though I think they also just set it up to set up the fact that now Pop Tates is apparently owned by the serpents. Yeah, which. Okay. Yeah. So he uh, he gets sent down by someone who will learn, eventually learn is Tabitha. Which is Pop Tate's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And, is, it, uh, is it Tabitha who sends him down or is it... No, it's... I'm pretty sure it's Tabitha. Yeah. Why would they hire two different dark-haired well, waitresses? Well, I, I just couldn't remember if it was her or if it was the blonde one. No, it was the dark-haired one. Okay. So he goes down and the basement is no longer Le Bon Nuit. It's the White Worm. And I'm so upset they didn't call it the White Worm too. <laughs> <laughs> like Modinas do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's the White Worm, and he immediately gets down there and learns that, I guess, Tony is the new Veronica, because now she's performing on stage. She's doing a sexy song and dance, and I watched her song and dance, and I was like, oh my god, one of her guitarists is Sweet Pea. And then I was like, is the other one Malachi? No, here's what I'll give them. Um, Fangs looks very different. He looks so different. He's got strong facial hair. His hair is long. He, he looks very manly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sweet Pea looks like Sweet, Sweet Pea. Pea. But because I saw Sweet Pea, I'm like, oh, that has to be Fangs. They wouldn't do Sweet Pea and another person. Especially because when you, you soon see Kevin in the audience. Well, So I didn't realize it was Fangs. I was like, why is Kevin here? What is <laughs> happening in this episode? <laughs> so Archie and uh, Tony have a little chat. Um, I, this is confusing to me because I don't think they had a relationship at all. And I don't understand why Kevin is not at this table at they're, this point. They're, <laughs> they're really going to treat this entire episode like Archie and Tony, old friends. <laughs> Buddies from way back. Remember, when you went to school, I was in jail. And then when I went to school, you were hanging out at Cheryl's house. Yeah, we, our paths have never crossed, but you and me, old buddies, Tony. Uh. Uh, um, uh, Tony is pregnant. She will never reveal who the father is. It's a secret. Yeah. So it's Sweet Pea, right? Sweet Pea? Uh, here's the thing. Well, no, that would be weird. <laughs> I assume she just wants a baby, and he's like, I'll give you my sperm. I'm a trucker. I guess that's an option. Um, 
I, I, I was of two minds of this. Either one is going to be a reveal, some big reveal, and it's going to be like, God, Hiram or something. Reggie. Um, or they're never going to reveal it because they wanted to acknowledge that the actress was pregnant, but had no idea what to do. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> this is outside our plans. What do you mean? Oh God. Uh, we'll just make, Riverdale's full of secrets. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. She literally says, I'd like to keep it a secret for now. And then like looks at the camera. <laughs> Anyway, but like, good for them for acknowledging yeah. it and not being like, "Here's a plant <laughs> on the table." Yeah. Um, so she ex- she will be our exposition machine for this for this episode, and she'll begin by explaining kind of how they're in this current position right now, which doesn't make any sense. So I have a question to you, yeah. which you cannot answer. When Veronica gave Pop Tates to Pop Tate. She only like I thought she owned Le Bon no, Okay, no. Here's the yes, I, Aaron. I don't don't you don't have to ask that question. What Tony says is that apparently her and the girls, which I'm like the pretty no, this is Serpent's Bar. The girl serpents who we don't know of. Yeah, I'm like, are you from the Pretty Poisons? No, you buried their jacket. No, it's the girls who dance with the snakes on them. That's what I guess. She just says me and the girls. She. Could have said the serpents. That would have been less confusing to me. Um, but she's mean. The girls uh, bought the white, bought this, uh, bought pop tates from Hiram. But the last thing we knew was Veronica gave pop tates entirely to pop tate. So Hiram at some point pulled the same thing he did on Pop Tate originally. Yeah, is Pop Tate here's the thing, Aaron. I have a sneaking suspicion that Pop Tates might be real bad at running a business. It's a good thing his granddaughter's coming into town. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Archie will tell us that on the bus ride, things felt different. I'm like, you don't know. You didn't even drive through town, man. Yeah, you, st- you knew nothing. You stopped 15 minutes out of town. You thought things were weird when you stepped upstairs. Guess what, Archie? Maybe it just felt weird because coming home after seven years <laughs> is weird. Yeah. And then... He'll he'll like you know I came back because of this and Tony be like oh and he's you know he's where's pops and she's like I thought that's why you came back okay and I was and that's that's what when when I figured out like oh I know what happened here pop died yeah that's what I thought too yeah pop pop Tate he died because Tony's like I thought that's why you came you came back for the funeral and then when he died the girls had to buy the. Because Hiram just took it over. It was like, oh. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's alive. Yeah. He's he, retiring. He's retiring. So did he retire? And then Hiram was like, ha ha. He didn't retire and like give it to his daughter? And like it really seems like they've <laughs> well, been down there for a long time. Well, and also he definitely, like, like he would have come back for the retirement is what Tony is implying. Though. Jesus, yeah. Tony, when you say, oh, I thought you heard, I think uh, I think an old man has died. And so, Tony, <laughs> you think that Archie can get leave from the army, because he's wearing his army uniform, <laughs> to come home for the retirement of the man who owns a restaurant he likes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, we told you this right now. This show will wait 50 minutes before he just, Pop Taste will just appear in the background of a scene, just like, oh, I'm still here and around. I thought I saw a ghost. I know. I wrote down, I was like, what? I, How is he here? I wrote down, Pop Tate is definitely dead. <laughs> like, thanks, show. Thanks, show. 
Thanks, All right. Joe. So that was the setup. Now we got to move on to... The other characters. First, we'll head to a random force in Quantico. It's Betty. She's doing some running. Oh my god, FBI. So essentially what's going on with Betty here, and this will be drawn out over too long of a time. So many scenes. Um, is that she is in therapy. She's been having nightmares. Um, she now works on cold cases because she used to work on serial killers. Unfortunately, she is Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. She, she is... She got Buffalo Billed is what she got. She... So Betty did what Betty always does, which is rush into a serial killer's den thinking, hmm, I'll get out. Well, I don't... <laughs> and, God, this therapist will be like, you know serial killers are scary. And she's like, I dealt with scary serial killers. I'm like, Betty, you've dealt with serial killers who have a personal investment in you not dying. The, this trash bag killer doesn't care about... Unless if he's well, revealed to suddenly be Hal. Now he cares about her. Oh, yeah. Now because she was kidnapped by him for two weeks and, and he buffalo billed her. Like, literally down a well, screaming at her wearing a, <laughs> wearing a trash bag mask. Um. So, yes, yeah, she's not coping well. She's on cold cases. She all, But she's making connections. She's making connections between the cold cases, which her boyfriend, <laughs> what, but I Glenn... Think, hang on. These cold cases are unrelated to the trash bag killer. Yeah, she's just finding another serial killer. <laughs> so I don't know if this is something that's going to come up or not. Betty's just really good at having beautiful mind walls. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there is another agent, Glenn. Who... Is her boyfriend, although they try to make that a reveal, too, even they, though he very clearly is her boyfriend. I'm glad you agree. They first reveal him, like, touching her arm and being, and, and like, she reacts weird to him touching her arm in the way that, like, is supposed to be, like, why is my, why is my uh, work friend touching my arm? But then when he invites her to hang out, he's like, hey, come over to my place. I'll get beers and yeah, beers or something. Yeah, beers and pizza. And I'm like, okay. That's a boyfriend. So, well, for, I'm like, I'll give you a little bit. Maybe he's being weird like yeah we'll come over and talk about the case and i definitely won't make a move on you <laughs> but then later he's like anyway you have a fun trip to riverdale bye and they kiss each other They're like wait so he like i get the idea there's supposed to be a, like a kind of a strained relationship yeah, she, there she's a mess because she was kidnapped by a serial killer which is not good yeah but she set it up in a different way because instead she goes home and oh my god and the most on the nose thing ever she watches nature documentaries about predators and prey well she's just looking at her fbi files yep yep yep, yep. she has she has her own nightmare because she has a cat and it's a pretty good nightmare like yeah. you did a pretty good job with it yeah she um uh she's like following her cat meowing she opens up um her door and there's like limbs for a second there i'm like could this be real? It could. This is Riverdale. It could be real. Yeah. But then she turns around and it's a scene from the trailer where, like, the trash bag killer runs at her with a chainsaw. And then she wakes up. <laughs> and then she wakes up. <laughs> but, like, I don't know who they hired to do yeah. their um, nightmares this episode, but I like them. Yeah. And then she uh, she gets her phone call from Archie, which is kind of how all this will mm -hmm. will go. And then Glenn gets weirdly aggressive about her, what she has to do while she's in Riverdale. So apparently they've just left Charles's office for seven years. <laughs> There's the, All the characters on this series seem to believe that they could just leave things alone for seven. Like they have the they have the thoughts of 
what I what I thought what I thought this show might do, which is that just nothing would change for seven years. They just left the FBI field office, and weird Glenn is like where you and your serial killer brother worked, which is a weird thing for your boyfriend to say. Like your boyfriend should not say things like that to you. I'm like, is Glenn jealous of Charles the serial killer? I never got to work with Betty at a satellite office. I mean, Charles, I mean, Glenn is a handsome blonde man. Glenn looks too close to Charles and Chick. Like, like here's, here's what I will say. Um, Chick, if Chick is the first evolution, he evolves into Glenn, then Glenn evolves into Charles. Like, that is the way I would yeah, order that. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. There might be a little bit of Brett mixed in there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you give, uh, if you give Chick the, the douchebag, the douchebag stone, yeah. uh, then he will evolve into Brett. <laughs> and then, well, then you get Glenn. <laughs> you get Glenn. I wish Glenn went with her. Yeah, I think he's going to appear. There's no way he's just not going to – like, he's going to show up because of, like – Because of FBI office. <laughs> she takes too long to pack up that office, and then Glenn's in town. Yeah, now Glenn's here. Uh, but that's pretty much Betty's story. Like, these these honestly are pretty simple. So now I have to move on to – God, the worst story. <laughs> it's unfortunate because you can only – you can see, mostly see how it's bad once we see the last one. But, boy, we'll explain to you this terrible story. So the next story is Veronica's story. Veronica is busy celebrating her one-year wedding anniversary to Chadwick Gecko. Oh, get it? Gecko! Like Wall Street! Because he's a traitor. He's he works from, on the trading floor. He's a guy from Wall Street, so we called him like Gordon Gecko, but his name is Chadwick. And he interrupts this rom- romantic dinner in their Upper West Side apartment by saying, Hey, don't you think you're working at Lacey's too much? Because we're supposed to be having kids. This the dialogue between Chadwick and Veronica at the point, is whole new levels. At one point, she's like, we were once happy. And what about the sex? Mmm, the sex. Like, it's delivered with that sort of inflection. It's so bad. So we'll kind of get we'll get explained what happened to Veronica by Veronica explaining to Chadwick the past seven years of her life. So Veronica met him working on the trading floor, and she misses it. She misses being the she wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, she says they called her the she wolf of Wall Street. I think Veronica, Bull Veronica called Veronica that. No one called you that. <laughs> Unfortunately, the accident happened, and now he oh. made her work at Lacey's. Oh yeah, they'll once again they will they will spread this out over way too many scenes. But eventually, it'll just sort of be like, um, what happened? Well, you know, the set like and the sex is like what happened? The accident, capital A, the accident. So I'm going to tell you guys what the accident is because the way that they imply the accident is like it could have implications on her fertility. It's made her weak. Her health is bad because of the accident. It could have been something that she like caused. But it turns out they were just flying in a helicopter going to Martha's Vineyard and there was a crash. And they both survived. No mention of the pilot. No no injuries, it seems. There are no references to a hospital. yeah, well, well, especially considering how they've only been married for a year, and, like, this, the accident feels like something that happened in, like, what, the last six months? Yeah. It, 
All right, let's go through Veronica's thing a little bit here. So after her romantic dinner, she goes to work. And I'm sorry, they did a bad job of filming the scene because I thought she was at Lacey's. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, okay, I'm going to tell you what I thought it would, and I was almost excited for half a moment here. So... Veronica's talking about how, like, oh, I miss being on the floor and, uh, you know, talking, you know, talking with the boys and doing those things. And then they cut to her in a jewelry store, which I thought was Lacey's until it was revealed later. Yeah. But, like, the camera's super shaky and there's this real tough guy and they're kind of talking to each other across his long ways. And like, bantering with him. For a moment, I thought what they did with Veronica is that all those were kind of code words and her and Chadwick had become high-end jewelry thieves. Right? And I thought like, oh my god, that'd be such a cool story for her because she spent so long being like, I am not my father. I won't become a criminal like my father. Because her problem with Hiram's crime always seemed to be like it was... It was icky crime. It wasn't the the high end like glamorous glamorous crime. crime. And like so, his original crime, his white collar crime. Yeah. So if she had after she'd gone after like everything came so easy for her, like being at um, high school and like two, two flourishing businesses, gone to Harvard, going to any school she wants. After it was done, she found herself struggling and then became a jewelry thief. I'm like that would be awesome, but no. She's just working at what I think is portrayed as a sketchy... No, it's a high-end pawn shop. Okay. That's why... Like, for mafias. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why they're so wound up about it. Yeah. Because at one point she has to, like, buzz someone in. It's a high-end pawn shop. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm not really sure why she has... I don't know. Well, she also sells things to people. Yeah, she, so. she sells jewelry at this pawn shop. Yeah. And she mostly it's only all, sells jewelry? The, see, that's the thing. Like, I think of it as just like a diamond store, essentially. But she has to buzz people in, and then yeah. later she sells something she owns. Well, so no, I think it's no, supposed to be a pawn no, shop? No, Aaron, she sells something she owns because she's a terrible person <laughs> who, at her work, sells a personal th- object. <laughs> I don't think that's because she did that. I think that's because she's at a fancy jewelry place because she only ever talks to people about jewelry. She doesn't well, do she gets any- stock tips. It's just, well, it was yeah, the but that's just because she does that. The thing is, like, two of the guys are clearly criminals. Well, yes. Yeah, no. Uh, and then there's the guy who's, like, a f- boxer or, like, football player or something. I mean, what, or a rapper. What I sort of figure is that this is, that this is like, it's a, it's a jewelry store that its clientele is mostly the people who their money is sort of illicit. So, here's the problem, Riverdale. We don't understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, while she's at the store, she gets a call from Chadwick. And initially, I did not think she was lying because she says, oh, yeah, I'm at Lacey's here with Katie. I'm like, oh, we're not seeing Katie because yeah. she's not on the She's on the show. show. <laughs> but it turns out, no. Uh, she quit Lacey's because she needed something with more edge which will bring us into Veronica's problem Veronica's problem is she is too rich and is bored no Veronica's problem is she has a controlling husband who just wants her to have babies and do nothing else and her mother agrees with him well I mean that's well that is outward problems but the problem that she sees as that she's too rich and bored okay yeah that's Veronica's problem the problem with the storyline is this is a reductive anti-feminist bullshit storyline yes so after they do the whole talk about the accident uh and like you didn't want me to go back to wall street because after the the accident uh also in the scene i know that they live in uh, some sort of room with a they live in like a bachelor pad yeah they live 
in a oh. very high end studio apartment. Okay. <laughs> we will get into so we can talk about so you can do your your rants when you wanted to do <laughs> they told me about. Um, but I do want to take a moment to clarify that every single additional scene we have in this apartment reveals another horrifying thing about it. They got a bed in the same room as like everything else, so they can look at their fridge while they're doing it. I guess <laughs> the elevator goes directly into the room that the bed is in. <laughs> yeah, this is a penthouse studio. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre and it's revealed piece by piece like a horror film so after this scene veronica goes to see her mom who is filming her like entrance walk him up yeah she's still on uh uh housewives i guess this is probably season five or six and andy cohen is wondering when veronica's gonna be in some episodes and veronica's like i'm a strong woman i don't be on tv shows (laughs) okay sure and then her mom essentially explains to her that she is not a strong woman. She better have kids immediately because the accident has taught her that she does not have ample time to have kids. Yeah. Hermione takes a really circuitous route here where she begins by being like, oh, you have to understand. Uh, Ch- like, it seems like at first she was going to like chastise because she was like, oh, yeah, no, Chadwick, uh, he's a, he's an alpha guy. And you, but because you were so good, you because you're the best, Veronica, because you're the best, you, you never fail at anything. You're the best there ever was. He was threatened by you. Which I'm like, yeah, he's he he probably is an alpha douchebag. I mean, and that's n- where <laughs> a mother should say. So maybe you should consider that he's not the person you're supposed to be with. Yeah, knowing very little about Chadwick, but just assuming from a man named Chadwick Gecko, uh, just making assumptions there. Because <laughs> like, here's the thing: we actually don't get a whole lot of Chadwick. I hate him, <laughs> um, and I hate Hermione. Yeah. So, and the the thing that I wrote down here is like Hermione. You had your first child when you graduated high school at 34. So Hermione explains to Veronica that she basically married her father. And so you just have to figure out how to manage him, which is not the advice that a mother should give. If he is manipulating her and gaslighting her and using the accident as an excuse that she shouldn't pursue her dreams, he is not the person she is supposed to spend her life with. And also... Not what Hermione did. She constantly undermined Hiram and tried to get him killed. And only stayed with him for a child. So why is she telling Veronica to have a child when the only reason she stayed with Hiram was for her child? Yeah, like like that if she Hi- had at age thirty four. Yeah, like if Hermione, if Veronica had not been born, Hermione would not have stayed with Hiram. So why is she encouraging Veronica that she better have kids immediately? Because she doesn't have much time left. You, you better. Well, I also like her implications. You better do it before you die. Like. The we learn like I thought once again when this back when we didn't know what the accident was and like is the accident something to do with fertility? Yeah, but no, the- it's just that Veronica dies. You better have a kid before you suddenly die at twenty five because you might suddenly die any day because then you can leave that child alone, alone. parentless, <laughs> well, <laughs> or in the helicopter with you, or in the helicopter with you. Um. Yeah, so then we we'll get the the last scene with Veronica and Chadwick, and he he, he bought her apology roses, a gift from Lacey's. Which come on, dude, don't buy it from the place she used to work at. That's that's worse than um, uh, God Ryan's brother buying the <laughs> the watch that <laughs> the he got out of the store. Was, remember when I got so pissed off because you quit Lacey's without telling me, and I said to you, you embarrassed me. Well, here's a gift from the place you should be working. So Chadwick does kind of explain his perspective, and his perspective is not bad. Yeah, like, this relationship really does seem like one where the two of them 
do not talk about their issues. So he realized during the accident that he loved Veronica so much. And like if one of them could make it through the accident, he wanted it to be her. He wanted it to be the woman that he wanted to start a life with. Yeah. So now that the accident happened, all he wants to do is move forward with starting their life together and taking the next step, which is having a baby. And yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That's why I have, I have a hard time saying that Chadwick is entire trash he's a lot of trash because if he's using it as a tool to gaslight her to gaslight her but she also seems to be using it as a as, like it, it is a catalyst for her to feel this way like i don't think she felt this way before the accident so do we perhaps think that veronica and chad have grown apart and perhaps are not meant to be together which is a natural thing that happens to relationships when you're 25 uh yes but unfortunately they will not talk about it instead he bought her a gift and the gift is a Glamourge egg. Which I think I think the implication there is that she's like, oh my god, my father used to buy my mother Glamourge eggs. I've married my father. And <laughs> to be fair, I don't think that portraying this is as a nice thing that she does. She immediately then just pot like sells it. She sells it to yeah. the customers at her work. Which it's an insane thing to do at your job. It's like if you work at the bay and you're, you, I don't know, you're, someone gives you a code and you sell it from the bay. And so, I mean, what's kind of fun is, um, I mean, not fun. It's kind of sweet that he's like, well, this is a thing. There's going to be a new one every year. You can start a collection. We can start building things. Yeah, he, in this scene, like... If He's, only they talk to each other. The, yeah, the problem that we kind of get is that we only hear we hear about him mostly through Veronica, but the scene they show us is him actually being like, "I'm sorry, I was a jerk. Here's my apology. Here's here's me explaining my feeling, not just like, hey, here's a rose. Stop being such a ditzy dame.' He ex <laughs> he's like, "Here are the feelings I have," which is something no one on the show has ever done. Which it makes me be like. Am I not supposed to? What? I will be honest. I don't necessarily. I did say I hated Chadwick. Yeah. I don't necessarily hate him. I hate the storyline. And I mostly hate Hermione. Yeah, Hermione was pretty pretty rough in that scene. I think this guy <laughs> has room to, you know, claw himself back. But it's Riverdale, yeah. so he's going to prove himself to be, like, a secret. <laughs> he's been poisoning her to keep her home. I don't know. Yeah, he, he caused the accident or some nonsense yeah. like that. Meanwhile, Jughead is a character in Rent. <laughs> Elsewhere in New York, in Alphabet City, which is... Which is where Rent takes place. Which is where Rent takes place. Um, Jughead is having the most aggressive form of writer's block. He is... Like, out of... My form of writer's block is usually I'm just like, oh, God, I can't figure anything out. And you're walking around. He has aggressive, angry, like... He, like, rips rips his paper out of his typewriter and throws it. He calls his agent Sam Pantsky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I would tell you in the, in the uh, subtitles, it is spelled with two M's. Oh, yeah. interesting. Sam uh, Meanwhile, while he is on the phone with his agent, his girlfriend comes out and is very agitated that he won't talk to her while girl? he's on the phone. As far as I could tell, she was just standing in the other room. Oh, he has two rooms, one for a bedroom <laughs> and elsewhere. But Veronica doesn't. But as far as I could tell, like, I don't know what time this is because he, he's going to constantly look like uh, what Nicolas Cage will one day be. Um, 
But Jess was just standing in the other room. Waiting to interrupt his phone call and then be like, you never talk to me. Talk to me instead of your agent. Why are you upset? I I think she's also a writer. She's, yes, she I is. have writer's block too. And he's like, mine's really bad. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't see me punching desks and things. I just stand in the other room and seethe. I guess her version of writer's block is just staring at the wall being like, maybe ideas will come. So... Jughead, uh, apparently he wanted to try to be a job as a staff writer at the New Yorker, which is insane because he was a he was a reporter for like one week. But if there's one thing we know about Jughead, it's that he only writes nonfiction. I mean, but everyone thinks it's fiction. Well, I mean, he writes well, his genre of writing is a real genre, which is the yes. true crime genre. He's actually very similar to the lead character in um, Haunting of Hill House, which is that the idea is that he goes around, learns stories, and then creates. I say I said Hill House. I could also say Sinister. We yeah. watched Sinister together. We like that. Uh, so like that, he, he writes true crime. What I'm going to interrupt though is I get the feeling that they did not sell his book as true crime. I think no. it's like you know the portrait of the artist as a young man. Oh, I have no idea what they sold his book as. His book his book is called The Outcast, by the way, which they in universe explain is a reference to the outsiders but it also shows an outcast dating the homecoming queen it shows the yeah which is the homecoming queen supposed to be betty yeah because when they first said the the viper leader and the homecoming queen i'm like that sounds more like cheryl and tony (laughs) did he write a story with cheryl (laughs) and tony as the main characters why jughead and the problem is his Agent obviously doesn't know anything about his client because he keeps telling Jughead, you can't write nonfiction. You can only write fiction, which is wrong. And But at this point, everyone's tired of Jughead's crap. Yeah. Jughead got an advance for a second book. He produced nothing. He's just not doing anything he's yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, they want pages, but he can't figure out what to write. There's an eviction notice on his door. Jess leaves him. Uh, debt collectors are coming after him. And the only thing he cares about is his book. But he doesn't care about it enough to just sit down and write nonsense until something inspires him, which is sometimes, like, when you're under that type of pressure, you gotta figure something out. I mean, the thing thing is, what Jughead needs, that he has not figured out by now, but he needs to go out there and, like... Do things. Well, he needs to read stories. If he is a true crime author, he needs to read criminal reports. He needs to... He needs to... Go out there and, like, figure out what are crimes are interested in. Go go read about the Cecil Hotel. That became a Netflix series. Go hang out with the FBI and see what they're doing. Like, he needs to team up well, with people who give him inspiration. Oh, well, but then he would have to talk to Betty, which I think is a concern for him. He will not think about her in this episode at all. So Jughead is not doing anything to help himself get over his writer block because he's 26 and, like, this happens. Yeah, so he – and he got successful way too early is essentially what it came down yeah, to. Yeah, his big – his book popped off and then he didn't know how to handle it. So fast because he's out in a bar and this and Co- this woman, Cora, comes up who's a fan of his book. She has his book with her. Yeah, and she's like, oh, the romance queen between the Viper Lear and the Homecoming Queen. It was sexy. Let's go and have sex somewhere. <laughs> so they go to his apartment and they have sex. And they hook and she- up. She yeah. stays the night, and yeah. it inspires him not to write, but to clean his apartment. <laughs> Which, you know what? Good for him. Yeah. It's a start. But this is where we learn more about Jughead. Apparently, somehow, with his one book, he became part of the the new Brat Pack, which I would like to make fun of, but goddamn, does New York do that. Oh, absolutely. What? Someone writes something that's, like, shaking it up. Well, I, I, I 
bet Jughead was one of those people where they're like, oh yeah, this poor guy from a rough town got a seven-figure advance on his book, and now he's part of, you know, this new Brat Pack. And what I will say is, like, I'm shouting a lot of stuff at Jughead, but his storyline is actually the most realistic. It is. I mean... I've... I'm so frustrated <laughs> with him because I also write, and I know what it's like, and you gotta push through. The, the thing is, and we'll, we'll touch a little bit on it now, between Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead, these are four good stories, but man, is it way too much to do in one series. Like, if we had just been following one of those stories, mm-hmm. and they they feel so totally different that, like, not even to the point where it's like, oh, cool, they know the filmic language to be able to portray each one as a different thing. Because they don't look different. Yeah. Instead, it just, you're just watching them feeling like, how am I supposed to Care get, about any yeah, of this. Yeah, get all these things. It, Especially now that we have Jughead storyline, I'm like, okay, so Archie is coming back from war, dealing with those stuff. Who wants to save his town? Betty has is recovering from being Buffalo billed by a serial killer. Jughead has debt collectors and eviction, and he's trying to get through like his internal struggles of how to do the story. And Veronica has become so successful that she's bored. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Classic. So the next morning, um, Cora wears his serpent shirt, which obviously mm. strikes his little heart because she's blonde and yeah. his little heart's having some feels, but mm. he has no time for those feels because debt collectors. So it is revealed as the debt collectors ba- pound on the door <laughs> that Cora did stalk him. Yeah, she full on <laughs> knew exactly where he would be, waited till he, till he got there because Cora wants him to read her novel and give it to his agent give it to his agent and let me tell you people out there don't do that <laughs> don't do that to it's people. not gonna help you it's not and gonna people help you. don't like it now she is fortunate that because there's debt collector tokens like yeah i'll read your book just tell those debt collectors i'm not around and it works it works because she's so pretty yeah yeah so <laughs> he agrees that he's gonna read the book and in exchange she is like not blackmailing him. But she's going to keep that deck collector card and call them in a week if he doesn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, just read the book. Tell her, like, four things about it. And then give it to your agent. Nothing's going to come of it, Jughead. You I'll have nothing to lose. I'll tell her one thing about it. The title of her book is The Rules of Distraction. You can't do that, Cora. You can't. Do- I understand he did The Outcast, and I gave him a little bit of a pass on that. But you're not Jughead Jones, Cora yeah. Carter. You can't do a parody of the rules of attraction? What? I mean, she's a grad student at New York University. She thinks she's so deep and knows so much because she's probably 23. Well, I mean, it seems like... like so we made a lot of... Um, we made a lot of jokes here about the fact that, like, this... The show always has these, like, side versions of things. But now they're just, like, leaning into it, Yeah, right? well, almost to the fact that, like, in-universe, is there a Macy's as well? It's unknowable. Like the, the, like, the fact that they called out that, oh, yeah, your book's a reference to the Outsiders, even though they're clearly nothing alike. I, but, I mean, they kind of are. Gangs, rumbles between gangs. I, I mean, his best friend doesn't die. The, the, Stay gold, pony boy. The question I'm trying to figure out is, Aaron, what was the full name of um, uh, of Brett from 
Brett uh, Whelan Wallace. Brett Weston Wallace. Yes. Do you remember the name of who wrote Rules of Attraction? Brett Easton Willis. <laughs> Brett, Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> I was really close. And those names are way too close. <laughs> Meanwhile, Archie calls. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets a phone call from Archie. Here's my uh, prediction here uh, for what I think this is going to go. I think he's going to steal her book. I bet it's really good. Yeah, I bet it's going to be good. And, and he- then she's going to come to Riverdale, but then very luckily, whoever this new serial killer is will kill her. <laughs> will kill her. And then he'll feel very bad. Yeah. And then yeah. Jessica will be there? Yeah, maybe Jess. Once again, 50-50 Shaw and Jessica. Cora will show up again. But you know what's wild, though? Jess was in the casting notice. Cora was not. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe they would try to, try, they try to keep some things a secret. And Jess could be cast any race. Any ethnicity, welcome to play Jess, is what the casting notice said. Yeah. Uh, So, back to Riverdale. Uh, We learn, now we've checked up on the main three. Time to hear about uh, some of the other people. Tony was going to work in Riverdale Social Services. But apparently that got shut down. There's no more of that in Riverdale. So instead, she's the guidance counselor at the high school. And Kevin... Wait, hang on. She uses the phrase... I am the new Miss Burble. And I'm like, Miss Burble was there temporarily. She was there for one episode. Are you? Well, and they say in the episode, she's there temporarily. She's leaving at the end of the episode. There was never any other guidance counselor at the school. There was only ever Miss Burble who was there temporarily. No wonder Re- Archie Andrews didn't graduate. Aaron, I think, I think Mr. Huddy might be good in that one aspect he's like i gotta get you guys a guidance counselor if even for one day because <laughs> your faculty is me and teachers who don't talk and miss bell so i have another problem yeah with this show yeah this problem was with the character of kevin keller yes kevin keller went to carnegie mellon which is one of the best drama schools in the nation mm-hmm. and just came back to riverdale to well, be the drama teacher because his only character development is being gay. So he came back to Riverdale because Fangs was in Riverdale, despite the fact Fangs wasn't that in Riverdale. Fangs has a university degree from University of Pittsburgh. So why are these yeah. men in Riverdale? Yeah, Fangs wasn't in Riverdale. The, the, the issue is, well, I mean, not even the issue. They really nailed the fact that some of these small towns have a real vortex feel to them. But Kevin went to one of the best schools in the country just yeah. make him go to a random school if you want him to come back well why did he have to go to carnegie Mellon? So here's the problem that, that we see a lot right now which is that this show doesn't know how to make people really not be like the best like tony has a 3.9 gpa like everybody has like the best of all things so the best of anything but then and why in this story they're making riverdale the town so bad and why it makes would you... zero sense yeah like well the only thing i have to give is that and i maybe they'll do well delve into delve into it more kevin came back because he cares about the town but there you know that's not gonna happen i know it's not i guess they all came back because sweet pea was there holding down the fort and also <laughs> fangs who has a university degree, yeah. which he is very proud of. Yeah. Because he basically says, like, I went to university. Yeah. Me. Me. Fangs. The guy who wasn't even a character. I was in a cult. Remember I was in a cult? Now I have a university degree. And now he's a trucker. Yes. And there's Sweepy. Nothing... Sweepy's a trucker. No, they're both truckers. Oh, right. A lot of the serpents now do trucking, truck truck driving to, like, make extra money. And, like, there's nothing wrong with being a trucker. It's a great career. Very, very hard on the body. Very yeah. hard on, like, your circadian rhythms. and can be hard on building a family. But it's an excellent career. Mm. 
why is Fangs? <laughs> yeah, why is Fangs a trucker? Like, why does Fangs have no other options? Yeah, cause, I mean, because he, he came back to Riverdale, we don't even hear what his major is. Yeah, um, and I, I have a problem with that from a storytelling perspective, not from a yeah realism perspective. I guess. Well, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, I can see like. Yeah, I guess they would all have to come back, but they really shouldn't have given them what's what's going what you said earlier. They sh- shouldn't have given them such high merits to end up in what we will reveal is the worst town in the world. Like maybe Fangs just got into Riverdale College, and so Kevin came back to be with him. I don't know. And there's, and there's no excuse. This is the same season. You didn't change your mind over the summer. So, I do want to shout out one more thing. Yes. Um, Tony, Fangs, and Kevin all live together on Cloverfield Lane. Which they make a point to tell us. So, I'm like, oh, wait. Is this now in the Cloverfield universe? Is Riverdale part of that whole thing? Is John Goodman down the road? Just kidnapping girls into his basement? I just wanted to point that out. Um, we also reveal here, Sweepy explains that he hung out in Riverdale, held down the fort. Um, and then when, he, when Tony came back, they revived the serpents. Because I guess they stopped when FP and Jughead left. Because it's not like this gang that went on for, for 75 years. Had no, anyone else who could had, lead them? Had any staying power? Any adults? <laughs> yeah. Th- apparently apparently FP and Jughead leaves. And this chapter just sort of is like, Mur. All right. Bye, everybody. So what was Sweet Pea doing? <laughs> I don't know. So then Archie Just is... waiting for Tony to come. Oh, yeah, because now she's the Serpent Queen. Oh, also, her dance at the beginning was throwing off some real Queen of the Damned vibes. Yeah, mixed with Britney Spears. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they got themselves some boa constrictors. So Archie goes, hey, what about Cheryl? I don't see her hanging out here in the White Worm. I had a dream in my head about Cheryl. What, what went on with Cheryl? And because of this goddamn show... Everyone's like, oh, my God, they broke up seven years ago. You can't you can't talk about that. And Terry's, and Tony's like, no, no, I'll tell you what she's doing. She's being a Victorian <laughs> creepster and just hanging out in her mansion doing paintings. In the past seven years, Tony has seen her twice. Once, I'm going to assume, once she got she got done with, with uh, university, like yeah. four years on. And then once, like, a couple weeks ago. The first time she went there... Cheryl was just being a real freak. Real Victorian creep. (laughs) Real just like Peyton. She's renovating Thornhill. She refuses to talk to Tony. Yeah, she's putting on airs being like, of course I would be. Why would I not be fine? Doth hither than this place hither. (laughs) And Nana Rose is just there in those scenes, just in the background. And then they... Then later, when she goes there, she goes there, and Hiram Lodge was there with his new crony, Reggie. Because Reggie only got into Riverdale College. Yeah. Which I guess meant that he fell into Hiram's snatches. Yeah, sure. Hiram's a magic man now. Um, And Hiram wants to buy the Maple Groves, which Cheryl will never sell to him. And then he leaves, and Cheryl's essentially like, Antoinette, may I paint you? And Tony... Okay, Tony, it's been seven years. Cheryl was not that good of a girlfriend the first time. Just but move on. Said Tony's there being like, I should let you know. And she says here, like, I'm out and open with my family, which she was before. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I think my family fine with us being together, which they were before. But now Cheryl has done so much for the Blossom name with I think, hanging out in her creepy mansion. Being a real creep. Um, Tony, so I have to believe what actually Tony did is she went to, like, her <laughs> nana was like, Hey, 
uh, Nana and other family off screen. Uh, Cheryl's being a real creep, but I would really like to see if I can hit that one more time. Uh, can we just, can, we're just like, we say we're cool, right? And they're like, yeah, she's going to like curse us. I don't know. (laughs) Please don't tell us about her. I think she's a witch. I think if we say her name, she'll show up. She's either a witch or Beetlejuice. Unknowable. One of those things. But Cheryl is still on this damn line of like, no. I'm cursed. I'll be forever alone. Which is what she was. Like, if they had not done those final two episodes... Like then maybe I'd be cool with this because Tony was like we like after the prom we can't we thought break they up. were broken up and then Cheryl cast herself over her grandmother's you know lap but we we saw that afterwards Cheryl was the one who was like no even though you have done work I need to do the work I need to be the winner so she paints Tony Tony leaves for twelve hours and Aaron. Tony's just sitting there with like her hand on her chest yeah. being pregnant Tony says so casually well she, like they have a little chat oh god they have a little chat and do you remember what uh Cheryl essentially she explains what Roberto watched to inspire <laughs> Cheryl's plot Roberto watched the Winchester film with Helen Mirren. Tony even mentions that she watched that movie. But Cheryl tells us the story. Yeah, uh, for people who don't know, the Winchester, the Winchester Mystery House, which actually were a very cool house, and I, it's a cool inspiration for things. But Cheryl's just going to literally do that. So it's they made the guns, the Winchester rifles, yeah. and then members of their family kept dying, semi mysteriously, tragic accidents, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Or so the tale tells. Most of it was probably normal deaths. Yeah, because, you know, it was that time of the... Uh, <laughs> oh, he suddenly died from <laughs> just not having any medicine. But then the final Winchester. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember Mary? It's some sort of old-timey name. We'll yeah. call her Mary. Mary Winchester realized she was the only one left. And she had to protect herself from the Winchester curse, because clearly it was a curse killing all of her yeah. relatives. And there's a few different ideas. There's, there's some where she, she saw, like, a medium, and they told and they told her that she was being haunted by the spirits of the... Uh, the people the rifles the had rifle killed. killed. Some people would say that she just figured it... She just said it for herself, and then others just say that she was just... Actually saw ghosts. So she would... She would ensure that her if her ha- that her house would always be under construction twenty four seven. And if the construction ever stopped, the curse would get her. But if the construction kept going, then she'd be forever safe. So her house mm-hmm. is crazy. There are hallways that go nowhere, staircases that go nowhere, just like chaos because the house was yeah. forever being built. And it's really cool. Cheryl just explains that to Tony, and I'm like, oh, God, they're just doing that? And then Tony says, are you just doing that? And Cheryl goes, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) And then she sends Tony the painting, and we see it on the wall in the white worm, and then it cuts back to Cheryl's house. And I guess Cheryl is forging paintings now. Yeah, Nana Rose is like, it's a very good... She's looking at, like, the version she has there. It's a very good forgery. Do you think perhaps you could forge... A Rembrandt and Cheryl cries behind her, and I don't know what's going on, and I don't care. Why it's is so Nana dumb. Rose a villain now? Why is Cheryl gone from? Oh, I need to redeem my family's name. Now she's doing art forgery, being a weird curse person. Like how? I do not know what could possibly have happened in those seven years that well, led to this. Let me throw something else in the mix. Yeah, Cheryl. Now wears a single glove. 
just like her mother. Oh, yeah, I guess we did not see Penelope. God, I hope she's still in jail. <laughs> meanwhile. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile. There's still more. Yeah. Um, Archie so, says to, or after the end of the story, Archie's yeah. like, so, is the town as weird as I thought it was in my heart? You said the town had changed. Yeah, time to do the town story. So, Tony is gonna, Tony's like, yes, the town has changed, but I'm going to have to show you. And then... Archie has to stay at the El Royale because people renting out his mom, his mom, apparently his mom wasn't selling her house. She was just or renting it. she couldn't it. sell it because Hiram destroyed the town. Or, or she couldn't sell it because Jughead spent so much time in it. They're like, that's the house that has a ghost of a boy in it. <laughs> and I guess the army didn't make, sh- or army Archie lied to the army when they're like, hey, do you have a place to stay? We'll put you up in a hotel. He was like, no, 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 I got a place. Yeah, he's going to stay in the El Royale, which I guess he still owns after seven years. And I guess he put up an iron fence to keep people out. Oh, yeah. I thought a steel gate would keep Like, you can't leave an abandoned building in a good town for seven years. Why didn't you ask literally anyone else to take that over? Why didn't... Why... Well, yeah, or sell it. This is another version of someone being like, oh, I just assumed nothing would change in seven years. So children, I assume, have been living there, but no yeah. one's there now. So Archie's just kind of cleaning up his gym. Yeah. So Tony's going to show him around. The first place she'll show him is a place that we have actually never seen. Yeah. this Because this is Archie's storyline this season. Yeah. The first thing she shows him is the fire station has Which has burned. been burned down. It, yeah. Here's the thing. That's how you know that a town is bad. When your fire station burns down, you're a bad town. So there are no more firefighters. Mm -hmm. The only person left working the sheriff's sheriff's office is Sheriff Keller. And we know. Yeah, duh. Don't say that like there's a new thing. There's only ever been two people who work there. So now the one other person left? Yeah, they they fired the other police officer. Even when it was FP, he just deputized... The serpents. We know there's only one person working in the sheriff's office, Tony. This is nothing new, Tony. But, like, the uh, she explains here that, like, oh, Hiram Lodge apparently stripped the funding for everything in this town. So remember how, how like, Veronica's big final thing was that she, uh, like, got the business from her dad and convinced him to retire and... I guess he decided to just do more white-collar yeah, crime yeah. by doing more embezzlement, but this time he embezzled from a town. He consistently just tells Veronica, uh-huh, and then she turns around and he just does it anyways. It was the same thing as when he sold her those businesses, and then he, but he just didn't. Like, his crime isn't, he's not a mastermind. He just keeps doing what he does. Well, it's because the only, his only opponent has been a 17-year-old girl who loves her daddy very much. And now his only opponent will be a 25-year-old woman who still has... <laughs> loves her daddy very much. So, okay, so they go this from, is what's been going on. Yeah, now they go to Piggins Park, and there's a creepy doll there. And I guess no one cleans the park anymore, well, and they don't upkeep park equipment they, because that money has also been embezzled. They, she does say here that only the poor, uh, that anybody who isn't poor or too proud has like moved on. So that sort of gives you an idea that the people who live in this town are either poor or proud. That's kind of where I went with the Kevin yeah. thing. I guess Kevin's proud. So then they go to Sketch Alley, and <laughs> now it is a tent city, like you would see in Rent. Tony's line is, well, this is Sketch Alley. This is what it's become. Now we just call it by what it is, Skid Row. And I'm like, you could have just call it Sketch Alley. Sketch Alley is already 
Not a great name. If somebody said, hey, yo, meet me in Sketch Alley. I would say no. I'd assume we were fighting. (laughs) But no. Now, and also just rabid dogs. Just dogs are barking. Dogs just roam the town. We do not see these dogs, but dogs will bark. And then Tony goes, yep, now there's (laughs) rabid dogs. (laughs) I don't know why the dogs got me so much. She's like, yep. And now there's just wild dogs roaming the street. (laughs) Is the part where it got cartoonish. It went from, like, where did all the dogs come You're from? Like, why? <laughs> They're suddenly dogs. So, moving on, apparently the bus station that Archie went to is the only bus station yeah, that hasn't been burned. They're all burned down, and there's always a fire burning somewhere in Riverdale yeah, these days. The buses don't stop here anymore. The trucks barely drive down the street. Then how do you have have your gang work truck drivers, Tony? I guess they go on a different street. Sounds like your business plan sucks. So then they drive to a different street, and on that different street, there is a sign that says, Welcome to Sodale. So now we get explained, I guess, what this entire thing is about, and it's... Not how things work. No. So I'm going to tell you what Tony said. So Hiram's whole Sodale thing. She explains here that this is not Sodale. Which I'm like, is the south end of town is not Sodale. The yeah. entire south end of town, which is like the drive-in and the old school. No, the old school is the prison now. What? Yes. Um. Anyway, it's a turnpike to Sodale, which is half a mile due east. So it's just another town. So this other town, Sodale. It's going to cater to the rich folk who who can commute into the city. What city, what Tony? city? Why don't they just live in the city? What is this city? Where is this town? And so Hiram is apparently strangling Riverdale to boost Sodale. And Archie's like, oh yeah, and their kids will go to Sodale High. With all the energy of someone being like, I hate Sodale High. I have never been to Sodale High. But they're our rivals, aren't they? <laughs> Football. <laughs> explains, no, they won't go to Sodale High, which maybe exists. <laughs> It's unknowable. Instead, they'll go to Stonewall. So Stonewall is in Riverdale. <laughs> we know it takes a train and you can get snowed out there. So it still seems like a sucky place to go. Also, isn't Stonewall Prep like, hasn't its <laughs> reputation been destroyed by its secret society no, and its murder club? No, now Hiram bought himself a seat on the board and Miss Her Honey, the best principal ever. Is in charge, I presume. It's not mentioned. I I want to very quickly explain the history of Sodale. And we might go over whatever. Sodale, first time Sodale was mentioned, was a 40,000 square f- feet of commercial space, including a shopping center, multiplex cinema, as well as public parks and mono- modern condos overlooking... Uh, Sweetwater River. You may remember when Luke Perry Andrews got the contract to build it. Yeah. And Hiram didn't like that, but Hermione did. You may also remember when Alice crashed the opening party for Sodale wearing her serpent outfit. That's what Sodale was. And then later it was revealed in season two that actually, or maybe season three, it was revealed later, chapter 28, whenever that was, uh, season two? Season two. Or maybe it was 38. Mid-season two. Um, so it was revealed to be actually to be housing for the people who were going to work at uh at Hiram's private prison which is active yes because Hiram working. went there so 
And, but now it's just another town. So I have a lot of questions about Sodale. One, why do rich people want to live there? Two, what benefits does this give rich people? Three, why do they want to live next to the worst town in the you know, nation? Here's the thing. If, 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 if Riverdale is supposed to be like Detroit at its worst... You don't want to be the town next to the And, like, I understand how gentrificate. Gentrificate. Why can't I say this? Gentrification. Gen- yes, I understand but this how that works. This isn't gentrification. No, because the way that New York, like, I know that there are slums in New York right next to rich parts of New York. Yeah. But that's because it's all in New York, which is where there is, like, business and culture. And you got the benefits of New York. What are these rich people is benefiting it- by living in the middle of nowhere next to Crap Town? The implication they get here is also that Hiram, the mayor of Riverdale, is funneling money from Riverdale and putting it into another town. And there are government regulations to oversee that. And I don't care how many governors he bribes. Well, he doesn't have his governor anymore. Remember the last time he he helped um Hermione get get off of her crime and then was like, never talk to me again. That's right. So like... And his businesses, Hermosa owns all his businesses. And like... You know, we know in Canada, towns, cities are not allowed to run a budget deficit. So there is obviously some sort of oversight that stops this from happening. Yeah. And the main thing I'll always put out is that you as the mayor of a town can't take money from your town and give it to another town. Like, he's building a town next to the town he's a mayor in and being like, that town's so awesome. I wish I lived in that town, not this shitty town that I'm a mayor of. why is he doing this? Why couldn't he just make Riverdale good? (laughs) Yeah, this feels so special. Fightful. Is he just he's mad at Riverdale because Veronica liked it, right? I like that's what this is gonna be. I I think maybe he hit this it doesn't make any sense why anybody is anything is what is happening. Very <laughs> anticlimactically after this, we find out the ghoulies moved into Archie's house. How come his mom didn't tell him that? Why are the go- Like, it seems like the ghoulies did it on purpose, too. Like, I guess they're mad because he sent them to jail once. Did seven, he? Like, nine years ago. I thought Betty and Jughead did that. I thought Archie's... Ar- once again, I thought Archie had a very cursy relationship no. with all these things. No. Okay, so Jughead Oh, no, he did the raid. Doing- yeah. Right. Sorry. I forgot that Archie did the whole raid on them. No, so Jughead was doing a drag race with the ghoulies, and then Archie arranged for the sheriffs to be at the j- drag race. And that so. was so much earlier. Later, he did a full... Oh, that was the gargoyles. The- but the gargoyles are the ghoulies. The, the gar- ghoulies don't exist anymore. There's only gargoyles. Yeah. So I guess it became ghoulies again. Um, <sighs> anyway, uh, this is insane to me that the Mary owns this house and has never checked up to be like, oh, gang... Or even if she did, and like, oh, I can't kick them out because of... Hiram's weird eviction laws. Even though she's a lawyer. Um, She didn't tell her son who was going to... like Riverdale, because I assume he would call her. Well, he knew that he couldn't stay in the house because there were renters in the house. But he never knew that the renters were a full-on gang. Mary never told him that. Mary Winchester never (laughs) told him. Molly Ringwald Winchester never said, Archie, 
Never let the construction stop on my house or the ghoulies will come in. Oh, no, it's too late. They already came. Ah, the construction stopped and the ghoulies just snuck in behind it. <laughs> Jughead did a bad job of house-sitting our house. <laughs> I'm curious what happened to Al. Alice lives there. Alice was next door and, or across the street. And we know that Alice is still on the show. <laughs> yeah, so Archie did turn to the right or left or turn 180 <laughs> degrees behind him. And be like, hey, Alice, what, what's going on? Alice, what's going on here? <laughs> you tell me, Alice... Didn't inform anyone that Alice let gang members move in. She would have murdered them. Alice let this happen to Riverdale. She would have murdered everyone in Riverdale. Alice has the serial killer gene. She would have serial killed some gangsters. Because they're not going to bring down her property values. Anyway, this is terrible. We do learn at this point, though, that Pops is alive just in the background. Um Archie, literally in this scene, also invites Tony to be a main character. Yep, he invites her to sit with the core four as they decide to... Okay, so Archie called his friends to come to the retirement party, and they all came. (laughs) I I do not know what he told them on the phone, but he got something to get them all there. Maybe Pop should have been dead, honestly. I think that would have brought them back better than, Pop's is retiring. Come to town immediately. Like... The next day. um, But I guess now they're going to... Save the town? Yeah, Riverdale is dying, and I and I need my friends to help save it. Now, here's what I'll say. Um, Jughead definitely, I think, will be in for this, because he's like, oh, cool, this could be, like, a, a prompt for a new story. Mm-hmm. Um, Veronica, yeah, because... Is bored. She's bored. She's like, oh, this has got edge. Uh, Betty, I think has more important things going on. Betty needs to get over her PTSD. But, but maybe she'll think this will help her. Well, fortunately, they, at the very last minute throw in a thing for Betty to do because we will cut over to just two just two women we don't know yeah one is Tabitha who uh who I believe is Pop Tate's granddaughter granddaughter daughter niece grandniece I think granddaughter I think I saw the (laughs) future gender swapped version of Pop Tate's but sexy now yeah um and a woman who is called Squeaky. Does not have a squeaky voice, has a very normal voice. Quite a normal lady. Even later, they'll be like, actually, her name is Lynette Fields. Everyone calls her Squeaky. We don't know why. So Lynette Fields came to Riverdale two years ago. But she was 19, looking for a fresh start. And she chose the worst town in America. Yeah. Bull that this town was anything fine two years ago if now there are wild dogs, dogs. running it. Tabitha was like, I'm going to go to that town where the dogs live. <laughs> but it turns out Riverdale had no dreams. No. So now she's going to go to California? Yeah, I think she's San Francisco. She's going to hitchhike uh, real far. So She, <laughs> she goes... had no exit plan. Yeah, and she just – and Tabitha's like, can we convince you to stay? And she's like, nope. Well, and they did kind of say, like, oh, the buses don't come through. I'm like, you're, you're telling me that, like – like Tabitha knows it below them. Like this is owned by the truckers. Yeah. Why didn't she get a ride with like Sweet Pea or Fangs? Anyone but this truck. So she goes to goes to the horrible highway, the one we saw with all the burned out bus yeah. stops. Yeah. She goes to do some hitchhiking, and a truck that has a skeleton <laughs> lashed to the front of it, like a <laughs> pirate ship. Yeah, and it's all rusted and terrible, and it pulls up, and like its windows are all blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> Squeaky Lynette Miss Fields pulls over the door and goes, I mean, this is weird, but uh, probably fine. 
and she gets into that truck and then in kicks her ju- I mean her Jughead voiceover was going on he told us all these de- yeah. details about her but it kicks right in and it's like now a new mystery more murder is afoot I- <laughs> she had so many ways I don't want to victim blame anyone, but she had so many ways not to get murdered in that situation. There's no way she's not friends with a ton of like she serves in that restaurant. Yeah. She knows a zillion truckers. Yeah, it's ones that ones that like Tabitha, who apparently is her great best friend, which is probably how Tabitha gets pulled into all this. Would would definitely well, like, vouch that. for? Be like, yeah, go with that guy. Yeah, go sh- with Sweet Pea. Yeah, th- he'll take you to this point, and then he'll pass you off to one of his trucker buddies. Well, they'll take you to a place where you could actually pick up a greyhound. Yeah, because we understand the Riverdale, the buses don't stop here. But you've introduced truckers who exist below you in the place where she works. Instead, you go into the truck that has a skeleton on the front of it they couldn't even just had to be like a truck and like oh she's getting murdered by just a cool like not cool a cool <laughs> truck driver who murders people a normal truck driver normal- who's also a serial killer yeah instead the goddamn <laughs> captain hook of truck drivers rolls up like hey you look like you have no self-preservation <laughs> Get on in. You won't even fight back. Get on into Get my in the truck. rust bucket. She's like, cool. Are you interested in stabbing me repeatedly? Oh, you know it. Great. What a story for is, my grandkids. Is this the trash bag killer? There was no trash bags on his truck also, anywhere. Also, the trash Maybe the trash bag killer is a trucker. All I'm saying is that that's like we already have two serial killers in Betty's in Betty's whole line. The one that she had figured out in her it's cold true. cases and the trash bag killer and is this another one i mean there's lots of serial killers in america Here, here's the thing either it's a trash bag killer or it's not and either way what the hell so aaron Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic skipped forward seven years and thought that everything was going to stay exactly the same? I did. This is a tiny moment, but it bothered me so much. All right. So when Betty has her dream, she's in her apartment. Yeah. And she can hear the noise outside of her apartment. And she goes to the door. And she doesn't have a peephole. And I'm like, as if Betty Cooper is going to live somewhere without a peephole. Come on. No, she's going to drill a peephole through the door. But then she opens the door and there's a peephole on the other side. Oh, (laughs) that's not even a CW one. That is just a, that's just a a wild mistake. It's a continuity mistake. (laughs) It bothered, it bothered me so much because it's wildly unrealistic that Betty wouldn't live somewhere with like security. Oh yeah. That seems like something that Betty would have. Like I know she's poor because she's only a trainee. Yeah. But like. Come on, Betty would make sure that, like, her space is safe because how many people have broken into her space? Yeah. I refuse to believe that Betty Cooper is not looking after her own back. Yeah, fair enough. And I know it was a dream, but it's also her real apartment. Yeah. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. And mine is also to do with Betty. Mine's more to do with Glenn and his weirdly aggressive, you and your serial killer brother. Doing investigations without me. Well, especially because he says it in a way that's so weird. Like, why would he say you and your serial killer brother for one? And <laughs> Betty doesn't react to it. Especially if he's her boyfriend. Like, yeah. It, he seems like a nice guy. He is so weird. I do not know what my read on Glenn is. 
Also, I, his name is Glenn. Glenn, yeah. I have a feeling he's probably going to show up because with this whole, like, oh, now a truck driver's murdering people. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, oh, we called in the actual FBI, which will, of course, be just Glenn. Yeah, and Betty, his trainee. <laughs> and Betty, his trainee. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she's his trainee. No, she's just a trainee. Yeah, that would be wildly inappropriate. So inappropriate. Though I would not put it past Riverdale doing that. <sighs> so that was uh, really the 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 new premiere, the, the soft reboot, as Roberto has kind of referred to it as. The problem that kind of comes down to is that if you watch this, and like if this was the first episode of like a totally new TV show, certain things would work. But, cert- but you, you gotta pick one. You can't have four different TV shows in one TV show. Yeah, and well, and then there's entire storylines that would not work if you if the pre-existing things happen. Like if Cher- Cheryl's entire storyline, if that this was a new show, and Tony was just going up to be like, and like Archie was like, "Hey, by the way, how's your uh, ex girlfriend? Oh, I went to her house, and she is a weird Victorian creep still." <laughs> Everyone's I, like, hmm. I would lose. I'll be like, what? What does? What does that mean? What, why do I care about her? Why is her storyline just the Winchester house? Also, the fact that her storyline is a Winchester house. Betty's storyline, she got Buffalo build. Our uh, Jughead is Barton Fink. Archie is. Okay, Chuck is not Barton Fink, no. but you know. But I mean. Honestly, all, all the inspirations are so clear, and inspirations are important. But what I want to see is a show that like takes all of these inspirations and weaves them together into something new. And I know that's not going to happen. I'm also just so not into the fact that Veronica Veronica's too successful. I really wish that her background was that she she became a high end jewel thief. I'm fine with her being rich, but I want her richness based on crime and seediness. Yeah, which I mean, she's a stockbroker. Um, but you know, like the the the, the crime she doesn't like the. the- the bad crime, the ba- not the cool crime. Yeah, because that's her, always been her problem, is that her dad punched people. He did that kind of crime. But then, you know, she... Life isn't easy after uh, you get into college. Bernard is where she ended up going to. You know, Veronica steals from the rich. And gives to herself. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine if she... I like that. I, I would like her to be, to be more more of a criminal. <laughs> I'd like her to be more of a villain. Yeah, I, I would love if she came back and she was like, yeah, now I'm so much more like Hiram. But I'm better at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this was Riverdale, the beginning of season five. Thank you. I hate it. Uh, Aaron, hit them with the housekeeping. Hey, if you hate Riverdale, but you love us, give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast and your podcaster of choice, whatever you watch us on give us subscriptions and yep <laughs> meanwhile uh, <laughs> i'm doing lots of social media so hit us up on the social media it's podcast moa podcast moa at instagram at twitter and at gmail.com and kevin where can people find you uh, you can get my books uh all available at my website kevinweirbooks.com pretty much that's it <laughs> and you can get me at a flimsyplan.com and i'll see you next week Who killed Squeaky? What is Hiram's plan? Is Pops a ghost? Because I don't think anyone saw him but Tabitha. Answers to all this more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?